Cool. We're in a series um, called All Things New. Uh, I'm excited about this. Uh... Oh, your pen. Where did I put your pen? Oh, there it is. My wife is... I have to really plug in and figure out what she's trying to say. But I took her pen a few minutes ago. And... She's like, I need my pen. It's like, okay. I usually, I want to start thinking like, is, is my fly open or something? Because that's kind of... Because she would say something, I hope. Okay. So, this series is called All Things New. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what we get to talk about in this series. And... and uh, because uh, it's such a neat topic. We started by talking about how we get a new start by following Jesus. And then I encourage you to, to spend time this new year in the Word of God and embrace it and enjoy it and, and understand what it means, that appointment with God. And we, we talked about what it means to be new creations a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to keep building on that idea. And last week, I, I, sort of, I began to talk about um, the hope we have in the future. And I introduced to you a new term that, that we're going to expand on today and in the weeks ahead, life after life after death. And we'll talk more about that today. Um, but how important it is for us to think about what that looks like, because when, we're, when we start to really imagine what our future holds, it impacts us in the present in very significant ways, which is ultimately where this series is going to run and how it affects us in the right now. But we need to think about some things that maybe we haven't thought about. We spend a lot of time, I think... Uh, in church, talking about what we've been saved from, which is important, but not enough really considering what we've been saved to. And, and that's where the, the power really comes to uh, enjoy this full and abundant now and forever life now. And so um, we're going to talk more today on that bad joke time. Let me get through these. These have been painful of the other groups, which makes them even better for me. Anakin Skywalker was arrested while driving a cab. He was a taxi Vader. Taxi Vader. Vader. Anakin. Darth. A man goes to a job interview and the interview begins, the interviewer begins with a question. He says, well, what do you think is your biggest weakness? And the man thinks for a moment. He says, I think my biggest weakness is my brutal honesty. And the interviewer says, well, I don't think that's a weakness. And the man says... I don't really care what you think. Okay. Now pay attention. A man came in to give his application to the manager. But the manager asked, why is there a four-year gap in your application? And the man responded, Yale. And so the manager hires him and the guy says, thanks. I really needed a job. Well, there we go. The rest of the group is catching on now. I had to explain it last time. Yob, Yale. Are you getting it now? Job. Okay, good. Scripture reading. It's the same one we did last week. (laughs) Is he just getting it now? I told it to him last night. Henry. This was last week's scripture reading. I want you to ponder this passage. You've got to think about it. It's so amazing in what it says. Then I saw, verse 1, a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. 
I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So what's so important in that passage that, that I don't think it's talked about enough or hasn't been understood is the very idea of heaven coming down to earth. Heaven coming down to earth. That's the, and Revelation 21, we're getting at the, the, you know, the end of everything. Everything in the scripture is coming together at that point. And so we talked briefly last week and just highlighted again. That picture of heaven coming to earth runs from the very beginning of the scripture throughout. It happens in Eden. I said Eden is like a cosmic temple. Uh, and we, we often think about Eden as just the place where Adam and Eve were, but it was also where God dwelled. Heaven came, came to earth. There's this picture of this idea of temple, heaven and earth together in Eden. And then the fall happens and blows that up. Uh, but then you see it again with the Exodus as they begin to build the tabernacle to God's instructions. And when tabernacle is completed, what happens is that heaven comes to earth again. There's a place where, where God dwells on the earth. Heaven and earth meet. It's a picture of temple. Um, that happens again in, in the actual temple when what's happening in tabernacle is moved into the temple when it's built. There's a place uh, on the earth where the presence of God is. Then the temple is destroyed and that place doesn't exist any longer. And the prophets are saying, don't worry, we're going to rebuild the the city. Uh, They're going to rebuild the temple and the presence of God will come back. They rebuild the temple, but the presence of God doesn't show up for hundreds of years. And uh, everybody's wondering what's going on until Jesus arrives on the scene. And, you know, I told you this in John 1. It actually says Jesus came and dwelled among us. And that word there, dwell, is tabernacle. He tabernacles among us. He's a picture of heaven and earth. Fully God, fully man. Jesus arrives on the scene. He says, tear this temple down, I'll build it back in three days. He's he's calling himself the temple. Again, we have a place where heaven and earth meet in Jesus. Then Jesus goes to the cross for us, defeats death, and and he, he rises again. And then what happens? He sends the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit dwell? In us. Paul calls us now the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the place where heaven and earth meet. Uh, And this picture continues throughout Scripture. And then you see it again in that Revelation passage. The heaven comes on earth. We've spent too much time, I think, thinking that heaven is sort of the end point for us. And it's not. Heaven comes down to earth, and we're going to talk about today, and earth is redone. And, and as I mentioned last week, and we have new physical bodies, and we are re- restored uh, into doing what we were supposed to do in Eden. You know, Eden we were created to be the image bearers of God. We would worship God in that capacity, and out of that worship and reflecting Him in the earth, we would go then and do the subduing of the earth. He, he wanted to partner with us over the earth to, to make it all like Eden in the process, and that's what's going to happen when all this takes place again and there's no more death or pain or every evil rebellion is all dealt with and the new heaven comes down and, and here but the earth is here uh, and, and so I want to talk about that today and what that means and we're here in new bodies incorruptible bodies uh, and I, I think it's hard for us to grasp but my whole idea behind this is I want you to think 
And maybe I'm challenging you to think differently than you thought because a lot of times we, we haven't got this whole thing. We haven't heard this. We haven't understood this. We've we sort of settled for this picture that the end result is heaven and there in heaven uh, it's sort of an ethereal place. That, you know, It's not really a, a material thing and we're just going to be floating around on clouds playing a harp. Anybody ever thought like that? I know some of you do because people ask me and they say, I'm a little concerned I'm going to be bored because how much cloud sitting and harp playing can you actually do? And that's not the end result. Heaven comes to earth and we're back here again in these new bodies partnering with God on an amazing adventure. And when we get a hold of that, it impacts right now because we're already the us that we're going to be throughout time. We, we get a transition into a much, we get an upgrade in our hardware. <laughs> think about this. I'm, I'm trying to give you something to think about. So when, when, if we die before Jesus comes back, because we transition... What happens is, we do go to heaven for a time. It's going to be glorious, it's paradise, it's an amazing thing, it's a place of rest. But think about it this way. When, when this hardware is done, our software is transferred into God's cloud, if you would. Wait, wait. Then he gives you new hardware. And you're put back in again. Your software is downloaded into your new hardware that lasts forever. I'm trying to give you a picture you can think about. You get it? Okay, good. So, it's, it's just, it's a way of thinking. It was cold last week here. So, for us, for me. So, Wednesday, I woke up, it was 49 or 50 degrees. And, and uh, I actually wore long pants all day. I know, some of you are like, no, yes. Even came to church that night in, in pair of jeans. It was cold. It was cold. And, and the day before, I think it was 59 in the morning, I had gone out and done my workout. I'd walked and ridden the bike and everything. But I was cold. You know, I had a hoodie on and everything. Wow, it's too cold. And when it was 49, you know what I said? I said, it's too cold. I ain't going out there. Now, I, I went to high school in Michigan. And I went for college up in the Upper Peninsula for a year. And I have a vivid memory of after a really long winter of going out in the spring. Yeah, right. Spring lasts like a week and summer is two weeks and then you're back in the winter in the UP. It's very short. But I remember, and I remember, you know, you have vivid memories in your life. There was this little break in the weather and it got to be like 50 degrees. So for the same temperature, there was still snow on the ground, but there were slight patches of grass here and there. And we were out there in shorts and t-shirts playing frisbee. And it wasn't cold. Things change. Now, some people think, oh, well, after you live down here, they hear this. Oh, well, my blood is thinned. Listen, scientifically, go and check this out. The viscosity of your blood has absolutely no impact on how you deal with temperature. Absolutely none. None. What changes is this. And you just start thinking it's cold when it didn't used to be cold. Your thinking's changed after you live here for a while. It's a thinking thing. Well, we've got to think about our thinking. And that's what this series is about. I, I just want you to think about some new things. I want you to use your holy imagination to grasp how amazing this life that we have in Christ is and what it means and what this whole idea of new looks like in new creations, new bodies. Now, let's talk more about life after life after death. So I talked about that. That's the point. Wow, I'm only on point one. Okay, here we go. So the idea of new, and where we struggle with that is Greek words sometimes don't translate 
very well into English words. And so we use English words for lots of different Greek words. And so the word that we use for new actually has, has two words in the Greek. One is neo, or, or, and that's used for something like brand new in time. But the word that's showing up in these passages that we're looking at is new creations and new earth and new heaven. In the word is a Greek kainos, uh, K-A-I-N-O-S, if you want to write it down. And that means um, it's different. It's, it's more of a, a renewing. It means qualitatively new. Uh, and, and so that's the, what we're looking at in the process. And, and so we need to be aware of that because uh, we've had the idea... That, that idea of new heavens and new earth is that this one is like completely destroyed. It's like that Star Wars picture of a Death Star blowing up a planet. And that's not what happens. Uh, and so you have to have a, a different picture. You see, God is a God of restoration and redemption in what's taking place. And, and so we need to see that, that picture. Uh, and so there's this great verse that ties into the Revelation verse. It's in Romans 8. And you, you may not have understood it in the past, but let me try and explain it to you quickly. Verse 19, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage or slavery to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. The redemption of our bodies. What's going on there is Paul is using Exodus imagery. Remember I've told you we talk about creation and Exodus here a lot because those themes run throughout the scripture. And here's that picture of Exodus. Exodus is the idea of being released from slavery and bondage. It happens, he does it with the people of Israel. They'll be forever known as the people uh, of, uh, that were set free from slavery and bondage in the Exodus. Well, here what happens is Paul is saying the creation is in a type of slavery just like the children of Israel were. And, and that it, there's going to be a point when he's going to release creation, when creation is going to be released from the effects of evil that have happened and the effects of the rebellion on the earth. And, and he uses the next pictures of birth pangs, of labor. And, and so the, the picture is the, the new earth sort of, of being birthed from, from the womb of the old one. It's, the, it's a picture that he's trying to give here. It's, it's this amazing thing that he's going to do of, of restoration and renewal. It's not the idea of destruction, which happens. Why that's important is when we get a hold of that, we begin to understand that what we do now makes a difference throughout time, that something significant has happened already in the process. See, the... The way to look at this is to think about the Easter story. What happens with Jesus at Easter, and you know that, that he goes to the cross on our behalf where he dies, and then he defeats death and he rises again. When he rises again, it's this new body. Uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. This body, the body he rises in, so that we understand is different than the one that he, he died in. It's, it's brand new. I, I love that. If you look at the picture, it's, it's, he gets up out of the thing in this new body and he folds the grave cloths up and leaves them there saying, you're good enough. I don't need that anymore. Never going to need those again. This new body, it does a lot of the same things that it was doing. It goes around, walks with his friends. They recognize him. He eats. He does some of those things. Little beach barbecue thing happens. But he can also walk through walls now. 
He just shows up in the middle of rooms with locked doors. Now, where we go, if we're not thinking properly, we start thinking, well, that's somehow he's less than the wall. He's like a ghost now. No, this new body is more real than walls. It, it goes right through. It, it can go and just, he can go into heaven. He sits in heaven now. He's in heaven in his new physical body in the heavenly realms. The heavenly area is another material area. Don't think of it as not having material. The beings there have material that you can touch them there. They're, they're, he's there now uh, waiting to come back. And, and he demonstrated some of what that new body is like. When it's just, you've got to think of it as more real than this one. Incorruptible body. So I want you to start thinking about that in your life. What's it going to be like in a new physical body when you get your, your download back and you get your new hardware and you're living now in a redeemed creation? Creation set new. I, I, think, I try to think about this all the time. You, you guys love the, the water and stuff. You know, I have this thought. I don't know, but I have this thought. Like, like you want to go for a, wide, a ride on a whale? You just ask one. And it can tell you yes or no. Hey, can I go for a ride with you? And it's, it's either going to go yes or I don't know. And, uh, and you'll know. I mean, you can uh, just think about it. It's, it's beyond what you can think. So, but you have to use holy imagination and begin to work that into your life. It changes the now when you do that. See, we're, we're created to be image bearers, to worship God. We're, we're going to do that. We get a taste of that now. And out of that worship then comes this opportunity to partner with him in doing the things he's called us to. It's an adventure. It's a mission. It's, it's amazing. And, and I want you to think about that whole process. Now, where do we get stuck? I can't believe I'm only on point two. The end of the age. It's okay. The end of the age. So where, where people get this destruction idea is that Peter says some things. There's some, some fiery words, I like to call them, in the New Testament that we might not understand. And, and you have to understand Peter's whole thing in this process. And that it's Peter who's writing this. And understand Peter's experiences with Jesus and, and in the early church and the things that he knows. Verse 5. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for life, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. And then he says in verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So, so people think that Peter is talking about, uh, uh, like I said, the Death Star experience of just being obliterated, but he's not, because he talks about it like the flood. And, and so the flood happened, it says, and deluged and destroyed the earth, but guess where you still live? On the earth. It survived the flood. It was cleansed. Water was a cleansing agent at the time. Fire is another type of cleansing or purification that's going to take place in some way. We don't fully understand it, but the earth is going to be here, and God is going to Redo it, restore it, bring it back to how things were supposed to be in the beginning of the process. And, and so, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, he uses, he gets rid of the, the dross, everything that shouldn't matter. That's what happens in a fire. That's what the Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.13, you know, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive reward. If it's burned up. The builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even those only escaping through the flames. See, so the, the fire is a cleansing agent, but the earth survives, and God's going to restore it and renew it. Now, now, 
Because Peter, in that same chapter, in just a moment, he's going to go to verse 13, where we're going to go there in a minute. But hold it in context with something we looked at last week, which was in Matthew chapter 19. And in that passage, verse 28 or so, um, Jesus says that, that verse that I said, the renewal of all things. And I said, it's, he's saying it so casually when it's such a big deal at the renewal of all things. And he says, don't worry, at the renewal of all things, you're going to get back everything you've left. And a hundred times that plus eternal life. And he's talking about physical things. Fields are mentioned there. It's this whole promise of what's company, coming. But he says that in response to something Peter asked him. Because Peter said in verse 27 of Matthew 19, we have left everything to follow you. What, when, what then will there be for us? And Jesus responds to that. That's a renewal of all things. You're going to get all this stuff plus eternal life. There's going to be this whole process that's going on. And so when we get to verse 13 of Second Peter 3, Peter knows that and he says, but in keeping with his promise, I just read you the promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and new earth, the home of righteousness. See, see, we have in us this hope that we need to understand, this point number three in your notes, which is the restoration of all things. And so I want you to consider your eternal destiny and don't limit yourself to the end point being heaven. That's not the end point. The end point is heaven coming down to earth, us with new physical bodies dwelling in the earth, restored and experiencing it in ways that we can't even imagine. It's going to be a a richer and deeper experience than than you've ever even begun maybe to to think about. Um, Peter says again in Acts 3, repent. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah, Jesus, who's been appointed for you, uh, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. So, so Jesus is in heaven waiting for that time. New body, fully human still, fully God, waiting to come back as, as heaven then comes down to earth and it's the, the, the finalization of their prayer, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I, I know I've got a lot more verses there and I'll get to them next week because there's just no way. But I want you to start thinking about that. You've just been told that, that your future is the restoration of all things. Look... Everything that you love is restored to you in, in more glorious ways than you've probably ever pondered. Can you think about it today and a time where when you, when you wake up in the morning, I know I said this last week, but you wake up and there's no anxiety there's no fear. There's no worry. You, you don't have to be concerned about getting a bad phone call or a bad text message or hearing a bad headline. It's just going to keep getting better. And, and you're invited to partner with God and everybody that's a believer. And, and you're going to be doing amazing, incredible things. And, and, and you'll, you'll be busy and you'll have fun and you'll, uh, you know, Jesus, next week I'll talk about, he talks about banquets where we're hanging out together and enjoying one another and Jesus is there. Uh, that's all part of the picture. So think, just start to think about some of these things and we're going to add to these ideas in the weeks ahead, but I gave you enough to think about, I think, this week. In the time that we had, yes, ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. And uh, if you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Let me pray for you as a group, and then we can have breakfast and dismiss. Thank you, Papa, 
for your goodness to us, your faithfulness to us. You're an amazing God. And you've given us this promise of life, God. Now and forever. We're already started in the forever part. And I pray, God, that as that impacts us, that not only would we be changed, but it would change the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray again today for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. We ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome God. If you need prayer for anything this morning, the folks over there will pray for you. Your healing, your relationships, your finances, whatever's going on, they'll pray for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that today so that you're part of this amazing story. It's, it's really it's humility and faith. And humility is just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us you've sinned. Ask Him to forgive you, which you'll do. And then in faith, invite and accept Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. It's a prayer you could prayer. You could just say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? He, he, get it. Or if you think you need help, just go over there and say to somebody, I want to know Jesus. And they'll help you through that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it before you go. If you're going to stay in at breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service and back to night watch tonight. You're an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from whom all bless. keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace, the power and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast in the back. As you go, drive safely. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.